Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Did your podcast grow in 2019? It's surprisingly hard to answer that question. And the answer might be a lot less meaningful than you imagine. Luckily, there is a way out. Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Happy 2020, everyone! Thanks for letting me take a break. For those of you that noticed that I was gone, I was gone. For those of you that didn't notice, I'm glad that you enjoyed the guest hosts I had on the program, but I'm here for a new full season to, to continue here for Podcast Pontifications. Lots of topics that I have on the docket today specifically... I want to take a look and find out whether or not your show, my show, everybody's show, did we grow in 2019? Now, as I said at the beginning, that's a hard number to track because what do we actually track when we're talking about growth in a podcast? We can't really track subscribers. I mean, we can, but surprisingly, most of our podcast hosts don't make it easy to tell us how many people have picked up our various podcast RSS feeds. That's probably the primary feed and the one that goes to Spotify and maybe a handful of other ones. They don't report that to us. But even if they did report that to us, it's not all that meaningful. Because as you know, or as you should know, or as I'm about to illustrate to you, a lot of people don't subscribe to podcasts. That used to be the way we did things way back in the day, but now a lot of people are much more pick and choose about what episodes they wish to listen to. And subscribing isn't the primary or isn't the, isn't a way that the majority of people might listen to your content. They might, they might. I mean, I'm not here to say that people have stopped subscribing altogether, but it's becoming a lot less common, especially for new people entering the podcasting space. So counting subscribers doesn't help. <laughs> Ask anyone on YouTube how critical, how, or not critical, how much the subscriber number of their channel has to their view count on their video. They don't. They don't. Same kind of deal. So we can't really track by did my subscribers grow because that kind of means nothing. We know the problems of tracking total number of downloads It's a bogus number for a couple of reasons. You know, one, if you're like me and you produce four shows every week, you're going to get a whole lot more chances to have lots of downloads than a show that produces every week or fortnightly or monthly or on a more ad hoc schedule. So total number of downloads doesn't help. Also, somebody could come along and download your entire back catalog, which happens to me fairly regularly. So I'll get a spike of 300 downloads in one day, one person. 
downloading all 300 episodes. And that's not very helpful. Plus the fact that most of the podcasting apps out there now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other ones like that, they're not auto-downloading anymore. Especially if your content is unlistened to by those subscribers. A lot of them are set to stream now. The app itself will pull the RSS feed and display for your listeners new piece of content, but it's up to them to click the button and pull it down. So that may not happen all the time either. So hmm, what, what really happens here? So some of these numbers get a little bit skewed. And then there's the simple fact that what counts for growth for one show might be very different for another show. It all depends on the long tail, how much evergreen value your content has. If you're putting out a daily news show where you summarize the news of the day, I would argue that the value of your content for the evergreen value of the content is quite small. But if you're doing a much more in-depth thought piece, very different. So also growth means something different if your content is designed to be consumed episodically, like this show, where they don't follow on usually, part one, part two, part three, as opposed to a serial show, an audio drama, podcast fiction, as we call them today, investigative journalism series, true crime. Those are just consumed differently by people. So did your show grow in 2019? You might have a hard time answering that question. I can answer the question for me. Yes, it did. How much? Well, that's a little weirder. If you'll notice the artwork of this particular episode, and I'll have a link in the in-app episode notes as well as on the blog post for the episode, I'll put a link to a chart that I put together that shows how my show did grow. Now, here's how I tracked it. I looked not at daily downloads, which you might be tempted to do, not at total downloads, but I looked at each episode produced in 2019. And then I got two pieces of stats, which I couldn't get from my podcast hosting company. You probably can't either, but maybe you can. I then looked at per podcast episode produced, I looked at seven-day downloads, so that's the total number of downloads, that episode received after seven days of it being published. And then I looked at it after 30 days of being published. And again, my hosting company, Libsyn, makes it, well, they don't provide that information. They just don't. They don't give you seven day and 30 day download numbers, their choice. And I'm assuming your podcast hosting company likely doesn't either. So to get that data, I used Chartable. No, this is not an ad for Chartable. I like Chartable. I use it for all of my clients. They didn't pay me to say these nice things. But I use Chartable, and I give Chartable my login information from my hosting company, Libsim. And Chartable then goes in and grabs the data from Libsim and does a much better job, like much better job, of displaying that information. And they give me the 60 and, excuse me, the 7 and the 30-day numbers. And I just chart them out. So again, if you look at that chart, which is, again, the image link is in the in-app 
notes as well as on the episode page itself, you will see that while I have a lot of ups and downs, it is clearly going up and to the right, which means the number of downloads I've consumed that, that my shows received, my episodes received over seven days for a total of 30 days. I even put total downloads in there so you can see how it goes back and forth because to me, there's not a huge difference. But checking per episode is the right way to do it for me. And so mine grew. Did your podcast grow in 2019? You tell me. And if it didn't grow, why not? Did you intend for it to grow? Did you do something to make it grow? We'll get into some of those topics a little later on. Not into this particular episode, but later on in the show. A lot of people think that putting a podcast out that's going to cost to grow. It won't. It won't. You got to do some things. You got to measure those things to make your podcast grow. But first off, let's find out. Take a look. Now's a good time. It's the beginning of 2020. Go back, pull all of your stuff. 2019 to find out, did your episode grow? I want to hear about it. Now, as we come to the close of the program, two things for you I would like for you to do. One, if you have nice things to say about me, I got a new cool service that you might have heard of. I talked about it during the break. It's called Rate My Podcast. All you got to do is go to ratemypodcast.com slash podpont because podcast pontifications is too hard to spell. Again, rate this, rate this podcast.com. I think I said May earlier. Rate this podcast.com slash podpont. Give me a quick rating. It actually is pretty cool. Try it out. See how it works. And if you think the information I have is of value, you can still buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash evoterra. Yeah, that makes me very happy. I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, 
Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.